All right, guys, huge episode of the Nordies podcast. We talk Will Smith and the slap heard around the world. We talk Oscars, Halo, Atlanta. Will Eric eviscerate Shawshank Redemption? And we rewatch Ocean's 12. Let's go. podcast i'm eric i'm here with ryan and jim how's it going guys doing really well man i'm doing awesome man i'm i'm doing good how are you i am doing better than will smith and his uh his career and popularity is right now but i guess i don't know yeah he did okay for himself last night maybe yeah i think overall it's a net positive for him that's shocking but we'll get to that in a few minutes before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Sweet. What a damn deal. It's a great deal. Unbelievable. All right, guys. What are we drinking tonight? I'm going to start. I'm drinking something weird and kind of out of character for myself. I'm drinking Omegang's uh, Three Philosophers. It's like one of the most famous beers, I feel like. Um, it's... A blend of quadruple ale and creek ale with cherries. It's coming in at a cool 9.7. Yeah. Ooh. And that's the full 16 ounce. I love it. Yeah. I am over with Bauhaus and Modest teamed up together um, with a joint dank account, a dry hopped hazy IPA. That's super good. Really, really good. And I love the, the art. Um, nice collab. Ryan. I am also yeah. with the joint Dank account. It actually kind of works. You and I are sharing a Dank account right now. We are. We're sharing a Dank account, um, and I'm enjoying it, man. Enjoy yours. It's good. It's not as um, Dank as like uh, the Big Doinks or whatever. Right. Um, or, I don't know, there's another Dank beer. Um, I forget who it is. Maybe Insight. Um, but it's really good. It's really tasty. Yeah, Insight I, had I, that Dank bot for a while. Dankbot, that's who it was. Yeah, and I would say uh, this is more of a hazy beer than a dank beer. Um, but it's I like also the combo, priced, though. It's also priced pretty right. It was only thirteen ninety nine for the four pack for me, and to have some sort of a the collab like this between Bauhaus and Modest, that's a pretty good price point. I like it. Right, I agree. Priced a lot closer to a Bauhaus beer. There you go. Yeah, Bauhaus, Bauhaus prices, Modest flavor, perfect. Yeah, I'll take it. Should probably buy another one. All right, guys, so let's dive right on in uh, to Do We Care? And we have to start with the Oscars, and I think we have to start with Will Smith and Chris Rock. I think everyone has already heard about it, talked about it, saw it. It is an all-timer uh, Twitter moment, for sure. Like, yeah. uh, absolutely, Twitter is on fire. Every person is tweeting at the same time. Um, everyone's reposting everything, trying to get news, um, crazy stuff, and... Yeah, I mean, it was just an absolutely wild moment. If you're living under a rock, uh, Chris Rock made a joke about Jada and that's Will Smith's wife. And uh, Will Smith absolutely cracks up laughing. Jada looks upset and um, probably rightfully so was upset uh, based on the fact that she has alopecia. And that was the reason that she was bald. The joke was that she was going to be in G.I. Jane 2. And Will Smith walks up on stage and absolutely lays into Chris Rock, drills him. Chris Rock 
plays it about as cool as you possibly could in this situation. And yeah. took it, took the hit like a champ. Because yeah. it was like, like I mean, it was open-handed, but you could definitely tell that it wasn't like fingertips. It definitely got that chunky, meaty palm because it, it landed like a punch. Yeah. Uh, and so then Will Smith goes back to his seat and everyone didn't know what was going on at first because they cut the audio and you didn't know what was happening, but you end up finding out that Will Smith is yelling, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth multiple times. And I can read that better than I thought. I, I should have been in Coda because I could fucking see what they were saying. And, and luckily, then, like you said, Twitter came through and then we could hear the full thing unedited from Australia. Thank God. Yeah, Austin. I was gonna say Australian Twitter came up big, and also, uh, <laughs> what is, what are we doing here in this country that like Australia's Twitter is, or like the Australian broadcast is like, no, just fucking let it roll, just play it, who cares? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. So, I mean, it, the people that were like, it's staged. Uh, no, it wasn't. I mean, it it was not staged. It was absolutely. That was my first. That was my first question to you guys because I was yeah. not watching live. I was not watching live. Yep. And my first question was, I don't know, I kind of watched it. Was it staged? People were kind of laughing. Chris Rock did the like, well, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me or whatever. And I was like, is that staged? Uh, <laughs> upon further review, definitely not. Right. Definitely yeah. not. So the memes started flowing and I think I posted probably 15. I probably saw 500 because, you know, I only post the cream of the crop. So I posted the. there was too many good ones. Um it's a mean incredible moment. moment. I was actually like, obviously amused. I mean, it is, it is, you don't go, you don't fuck with a comedian. I feel like they're off limits. And by the way, Jada Pinkett has always had a, like a shaved head, like a close, close cropped hair. So for me, it's like now she's claiming alopecia when she was clearly doing that in her twenties, like as a hairstyle. Um, I don't know. Felt a little weird, but anyways, like, you don't fuck with a comedian, dude. Like, think about the stuff that Ricky Gervais was saying when he was hosting, calling them all like pedophiles and like saying like, like, dude, you guys think you're so fucking good. Just come up here. Don't thank anybody because all you guys do is take, take like just horrible things to these actors. Dude, and Ricky Gervais had the best reaction when he was like, so you're in no position to lecture anybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've spent less time at school than Greta Thunberg. Yeah. So just come up. Take your little trophy, thank your agent and your God, who or whoever, and fuck off. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. So we can't be setting the precedent that you can do this. But he didn't get kicked out. He didn't get reprimanded. Um, Chris Rock did not press charges. They're not going to take his Oscar away. You can just do that if you want. So that's kind well, of what me. Speaking of that, that was the part that was like the cherry on the top that you're so full of shit about why you did this was his acceptance speech Horrible. for winning the you know best actor uh for King Richard which was like all I want to do is spread love dude 15 minutes ago you hit Chris Rock in the face what are yeah. you talking about so You're off yeah. your rocker so my friend Scott and uh his fiance Wit were at the Grammys right so she no, on this, but they were at the Oscars, the Oscars, the Oscars. which was I saw that, which is amazing, and they looked incredible, and I can't believe that so, they were there. How cool. So she worked on the Stanley Tucci Searching for Italy show, if any of you guys watched that. Um, mm-hmm. she's I definitely Alex, watched it. She works for CNN and works on their documentaries. And so they got to go to the Oscars. And so I don't think he'll mind if I read his text about what happened here. Um, Please. But he said, everyone in the place either 
retreated to their into their phones or just start, started clenching butt cheeks. I was white knuckling my knees. I've never got I never get energy like that before. It was really tense actually. Like if your dad punched your uncle at Christmas and we saw all these different people coming up to Will and Jada like security guy but Denzel and then Queen Latifah and like a whole parade of people. It was terrible too because Questlove was really affected by it and his speech was all fucked. The awards felt weird. Will Smith is getting pats on the back and hugs and he starts smiling, acting super duper okay, probably because all these people knew he was about to win and needed to calm him down. Unfortunately, his speech was almost even weirder, energy-producing cringy than the slap moment was. It was fucking weird and awesome. Honestly, it's exactly what this country needs right now, a very bizarre distraction. (laughs) Well done, Scott. That's amazing. So this moment is uh, absolutely the craziest award show moment. Kanye West is going to have to up his game next year. Uh, this absolutely erases the mistake from a few years ago where Jimmy Kimmel was just like awkwardly standing up there and they read the wrong one. Remember Moonlight and La La Land? Horrible. Yeah, yeah. that's that's in the past now. Like, that's a, that doesn't matter. And so this was just crazy. I can't believe nothing happened. And I, shame on you, any person who's like, Chris Rock deserved this. If that's you... Fuck you. That's so weird. Yeah. That what a weird or like, oh, I want someone to protect me like that. Like that's how you you're protected and that's like showing love is violence. Dude, you gotta check in with your own childhood there. Dude, I'll tell you this right now. Ben Shapiro was siding with Chris Rock. So if you're if you're on the other side of Ben Shapiro on this one, uh God help you. Yeah. I, I just think that like people are pushing the envelope with jokes. We know comedians do that, and they can't have, they can't get punched anytime they offend people. If there yeah. was a problem, yeah, but this was this was this was an envelope that was not being pushed, though. Like this I was a so very mild. First of all, alopecia is not like melanoma. Yeah, like it's not it's not some like you got a forty percent chance to live kind of thing. Like I understand as a Hollywood actress, you know your your look is kind of your uh, livelihood. Fine, okay, I I, I get that. And was the joke maybe slightly in bad taste? Perhaps. It wasn't a great joke. And it's been confirmed. It wasn't a funny joke. It. It, was, it was written it was for like, him by the Academy. It was like borderline at best. But like you don't just get the the right or the ability or the desire because you disagree with the joke to walk up and hit the comedian saying it. You're setting yeah. like this dangerous precedent and there's no mitigating factors in this because you're going to a venue that is known like as soon as you walk in the door you know there's a chance you might get made fun of right and so you can't just you got to have thicker skin than that and and to to hand wave it or excuse it is ridiculous in my opinion totally agree and i just keep i just think that like if this was a woman i understand that that would make it different but it it, it probably shouldn't make it different like just because Chris Rock is a, sl- a small man doesn't mean that he shouldn't get the same protections that a woman would get in a public mm-hmm. space. You don't have the right to just go hit people. So if you're that person, that's a weird move to make. And this was wrong. And Chris- everyone knows it was wrong. And Will Smith even came out and said that this was ridiculous. Yeah. And he apologizes. So, all right, His we'll move on. To- broke that up for him. Real, real quick. What are the odds you think Will Smith does that if The Rock is making that joke? Uh, I, zero. I'd pay to see him try. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he 
he'd give him the people's elbow on the stage of the Oscars. Now that would be some great cinema. I mean, I if, I'm, if I'm Will Smith at the very next award show, I'm going up there when the rock's up there and having a preset wrestling match. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's going to become a joke when really it shouldn't be because it's not, it's not okay, but yeah. All right. So um, the Oscars, uh, our second favorite movie of the year, it came down to Dune and Coda and we narrowly chose (laughs) Dune over Coda. Um, (laughs) I'm joking. This is why the Oscars are stupid and no one likes them in the ratings are not always because it's just like the Academy trying to pick the most obscure movies that no one watched, like Coda. Right. Yeah, nobody saw Coda. Um, there was a bunch of good movies, too. I mean, there was like the Dune was nominated, had no chance, right? Um, Nightmare Alley, which I think we, who, those of us that watched it really enjoyed, but had no chance. Don't look up. Yeah. Um same 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 as Nightmare Alley. Spider-Man good enjoyable. Been, Spider-Man wasn't even nominated, was it? Should have been it nominated. Was, yeah. It was nominated for visual effects and did not win. So Dune won everything like we guessed. Dune won it was the new Mad Max, right? Um it was nominated for Best Picture, didn't win any of the main ten categories, but it won everything else. For anything technical in movie making, production, sound editing. Uh, graphic, uh, you know, effects, cinematography. It won everything else. So original score. I yep. know. Yep. Yeah, I so, think yeah, that they should clean that up. And it deserved all those things. But I want the populist Oscars. Okay. And so what happens is, is that these categories that they have still exist. Best picture still exists. Okay. Best picture exists. And Coda can win that still. Okay. Right. But best movie is one of them. And best there you movie. Go. It's That's a like, picture. These are movies, okay? Yeah, and the best movie is the biggest award, and it would be like, is it going to be Bond or Dune or Spider Man? And like, I would be on the edge of my seat for that. I don't yeah. care when it's like these weird movies that no one saw. And like, I I think my brother watched Coda just because he knew it was probably going to win at the last second, and he was like, it was like a straight to Netflix movie. Yeah, just so, boring as hell, huh? I just I don't know. I well, just, there's oh. there's always those there's always those movies that pop up that gain all of this Oscar buzz, and this year it was Coda. You know, a couple years ago it was like three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I couldn't yeah. even get through the first forty minutes of that movie. I couldn't like, either. I could not so, finish it. So boring. So boring. I couldn't oh get through Moonlight. God. That was too boring for me. Um, it's very yeah, slow it's not... and very hard to watch. I I agree. I I, I just don't. I'll never be on board with that fact that the Academy full of old people are always going to choose these like weird, obscure. Yeah. I mean, well acted, but like boring movies every time. Right. It's stupid. In the end, I went seven of 10 this year on the major categories. Not great. Um, Someday, maybe I'll get back to my 10 for 10, but disappointing. Disappointing. It is. I've lost my edge. You guys. All right, guys. Next the fastball. The fastball is gone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the twilight of my career. Uh, speaking of someone who is like Rick and Keel uh, when it comes to the fastball, uh, DC and their movies—they're all over the place, and their decision making is disastrous. The Joker was revealed in a deleted scene. We had heard someone we believe probably was the Joker in the uh, post-credit scenes of the Batman. And now we see the Joker. They've revealed him. There's pictures of him all over the internet. 
and I do not understand what in the fucking world they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, why do that? It was it it created about two days worth of buzz, um, and then went away, and now they're stuck with that. Apparently, like, like why would they design? Why why do they have to design every single villain for the very first movie? Like that, what a hard thing to ask them to do. Like, okay, do you guys remember Batman Begins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was very fleshed out. They established Batman and, and Gotham and all these things, but they didn't try to set up every single movie going forward. They all they did like, was have a playing card at the end. They set up Falcone, Raza Ghoul, and um, Scarecrow. Scarecrow. That's yeah. it. Pretty simple stuff, right? And then they go, oh, there's a new, new serial killer going around. Here's this calling card, and it's a Joker. Bam. Now they're stuck with Barry Kogan. They're stuck with, like, the British teeth and the bumpy face and the falling out hair and the loud, the whole thing. Like they have to go with that instead of now taking two years to develop that character. Like they did with Heath Ledger. I think it's also our move. And like, what's an afterthought? What does it help them here? Like, wouldn't it be more beneficial in two years for the teaser for the, it to come out and you heard the Joker laugh at the end of it. And then the trailer dropped for it a month later. And there were a couple images of him in jail like this. And you'd break it down. You'd be like, I can't wait for this movie to come out. This is at the end of a cycle of a big movie. We're going to have two or three years to wait now. And we know what the next villain looks like. It's just weird. Yeah, it, it totally I agree. takes the, like, the excitement off this next Pattison movie for me. And the like to just piggyback off of all of that, when you have the Batman kind of reset like this, and everyone, I think it's pretty well liked you decide um oh my god what was my point here you decide that you are going to reveal this through a deleted scene Mm -hmm. when all you're doing is like recycling what christopher nolan already did kind of right without the playing card at the end of batman begins so like why are you trying to recreate that same cadence that nolan did which is like we have a villain here in the first movie and then we're going to do Joker in two and then we'll do someone else in three. Like why, why even try and retread that? I mean, I know because it made you a bunch of money, but it just seems unoriginal and yeah. it's kind of annoying. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I think they almost need to not have Joker be the villain for the next movie, do something else, maybe have him still in jail and he breaks out at the end or something. I don't know. Ryan, how many people got my Rick and Keel thing? Me and probably only me. Okay, I didn't get it. I, I was I ready hope, to move on, let it I go. I hope someone else did. If you got the Rick Ankiel thing, thank you. All right, uh, next Okay, time. so... No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to explain it, but yeah, let's move on. Yeah, Who cares? We'll move on. All right, uh, next up, Only Murders in the Building Season 2 is coming out June 28th. Did we get a trailer for it? Yeah, it was pretty short. Yeah. Okay, I just want to tell you guys... That this was a show, and I'm sure that anyone who hasn't watched it and looked at it even felt the same way, that I didn't want to like. Uh, and that's not fair, but I just didn't want to. Like, when I saw what it was what it was supposed to be, who was in it, the tone of it, I was like, this is going to be awful. Like, why would I watch this? And then it absolutely sucked me in. It was a great show. And yeah. so I don't know if they can recreate that in season two, but I will say that it is probably a premise where it doesn't take itself too seriously and therefore it's probably pretty easy for them to make another season or two pretty easily of them Mm -hmm. solving these little mysteries or going to a different building or whatever it is 
and running around in this like um, uh, serial podcast uh, TV show. Yeah, I watched the trailer and it's like now they're established and like pretty famous off their podcast, obviously, because it had quite the ending, you know, as they recorded the story on the podcast of what's happening in the show. Um, And I'm guessing that they're going to get famous and someone else is going to die in the building because of this whole event. Um, I don't know. It looks good. It looks I mean, it looks like they're bringing it back. Right. But they can't really have like another random event happen in their building. So they're going to have to either have it somewhere else or something's going to sort of spin off the first incident. I'm hoping that what they do is they they take it serious. Like uh, the writers, like they they it starts off kind of lighthearted and haha and then it actually like turns significantly more serious than the first one of like, "Oh, can you, you know, record this? You're you're a little heavy, you know, in the way you describe it." I I I'm hoping that it like becomes a little bit more of a drama as opposed to a comedy like i hope it leans a little bit further in that direction because it'll always be funny because it's starring you know two comedians so i've got this okay are you ready for this yeah oh do you have this you got the script they they nice nice. all right so here we go so what happens in it is they're kind of famous but the people in the building still find them annoying and oliver who is so far behind on paying his rent is finally kicked out of the place and they just say, you know what, we're going to get rid of all of you guys. And so they have nowhere to stay. And then a tragic event happens in another apartment building. And that building says, hey, we'll give you a place to stay if you come solve this mystery in our building now. And then the they get to stay in the penthouse. You know, they get the best place in this building. But what they find out is that the person who runs the place is the one who commit the crime because they wanted to get people to come live in these apartments and it was all just done to try to drum up business boom eric i gotta tell you love it of all of of this bit of like eric eric gets the script early that's the best one you've ever had that was so good i know yeah i love i love that one it's it makes sense that's season two right there i can't wait i hope that well we know it goes down just like that because you just read it off the script just read it off the script all right, guys. Um, also, Cardi B and Offset will both be appearing in a Baby Shark movie. Is that Baby Shark? Do 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 that thing. Yeah, that's what that like is. Three years too. Why late. is this on the list for us? I don't know. Well, it's what, care or don't care, isn't it? I don't know what Baby Shark is. Can you just tell me? Is it a song? It's a YouTube video. Yes. Okay. A kids YouTube video with the song. Okay, and that's all it is. That's all it is. That's all, they didn't make a show out of it yet. They didn't do anything with it, and that they just finally like I guess took way too long to make a deal. And now I don't even think like kids even know what that, you know, they're not still listening to baby shark. It's over. They waited too long. Wouldn't have cared if it was the hottest thing in the world. And I don't care now that no one's going to care. Cardi B and offset both in it though. That doesn't do it for you. (laughs) No, no. I like their, honestly, I mean, I don't, I'm not a hater, uh, but no, it doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Don't care. We don't care at all. Don't care. All right, um, next up, Archive 81 on Netflix, officially canceled. Oh, I'm sad about that. Sorry, man. I liked season one, but I will tell you if you guys watched it like me or you didn't or you're thinking about it, the show starts as like a really fun, creepy mystery, and it gets and turns into something kind of big and supernatural. Sorry if you're watching it right now and I spoiled that. Um, but it gets so big that I don't really know where season two would go. Yeah. Like, it was just like 
they didn't end it as much as they could have because I think they wanted a season two, but it probably would have been better as a one season show all along. Okay. And would you, I mean, would you have even considered watching it without this podcast? Um, I don't, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know why I even watched it in the first place. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what the, what the numbers said, because you know, I know Netflix is, is a little bit more tuned into that as of, as of late and are canceling shows with a little bit more frequency than they have normally in the past. Yeah. So I wonder if this show just, it was like number one on trending for like two days and then it dropped out of the top 10 and then nobody watched it after that. I think Jim watched like one episode and was like, it's kind of interesting. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. I read like one article said it was interesting. I watched one episode. I told you about it. You watched the whole thing and I quit after six, maybe. Yeah. I'm not going back. Definitely not now. Don't go back now. Um, All right. The men trailer, the second one dropped. Why should people care about this? Because it's Alex Garland and he's a writer director that makes super weird and super unique movie experiences. Such as? Um, Like uh, Ex Machina, which is absolutely brilliant. Great movie. Um, He did Annihilation. He's just like up and coming. He just has a really unique vision. And now that I've seen like a full trailer for this men movie, it seems really weird like like the the main actor in it plays like all these other male actors or uh characters like i don't know like 20 of them i don't even know it's gonna be quite the experience um super creepy i i'm really into it i'm excited for it whenever you sign on to watch an alex garland movie you need to put your metaphorical seatbelt on because you're not gonna know where it's gonna end up yeah yeah yeah, he's pretty brilliant. So, yeah, I think the trailer, I mean, this looks much more like a horror than what he's done in the past. Um, he's done kind of hard hard sci-fi stuff. And this, I'm not sure if it's more like a supernatural than sci-fi, really. So, um, might be a bit of a departure, but definitely still going to be weird and, and fun to watch. So, yeah, we should care. And we don't need to watch anymore. Like, that's it. I'm ready. Just sign me up. Yeah. All right, Ryan, you're excited about this show coming to HBO Max called Tokyo Vice. What do you know about this and why should we care? Yeah, okay, so this is a show that is based, uh, or I think they didn't say based on, I think they said inspired by, which I think gives them even more leeway to make shit up um, for the show. But it's a show called Tokyo Vice on HBO Max. Um, and it's essentially this uh, reporter's name is Jake um, Adelstein, or Adelstein. Like he has a firsthand account of like, working the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Beat um, uh, and, like, descending into, like, the, you know, underground gangster Yakuza underbelly of Tokyo, right? And it feels like I'm reading right off of, like, you know, some cheesy Hollywood description, but that's essentially what it's about. Um, It's starring Ansel Elgort, however you say his last name. We know who you're talking about. From uh, Drive Baby Drive or Baby Driver. Yep. And then um, Ken Watanabe, who is the go-to Japanese actor for any role that's Japanese. Oh, he's fantastic. Um, He's great. He was in, uh, you know. um, Last Samurai. Of course. Inception. There you go. That's the one I was going for. Thank you. Um, Anyway, it looks kind of cool. HBO Max, I think, does a really good job. I think this is a little bit of a sleeper. Could be When's kind it of coming out. So 
like soon, huh? April April seventh. Oh hell yeah! So I'll be I'll be on it. I'll okay. let you guys know. But I just wanted to like kind of put it on the radar for everyone that that it's coming. Ryan, you've been finding some gems, baby. So you keep that up. This could be your next one. I got I've gotten lucky on a few of them, and and maybe this one, my spidey senses are kind of up a little bit on it. Nice. Just a little bit. Beautiful. I care. All right. Next up, Marvel is developing a Nova project. What the hell does this mean, Jim? Nova's like, look, there's not that many superheroes left. I mean, there is, but like, they're they're grasping a little bit already, right? So, Nova's like more of like a space hero, intergalactic type of guy. Um, we know the Nova Corps from Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So they were like a whole planet of like international police or inter, you know, intergalactic police. Well, they got wiped out by the Mad Titan. But the thought is, is that Nova maybe spun out of that, and he's got like you know all the powers of you know like the entire Nova Corps would have in one person, pretty much. And yeah, they're writing a treatment for him. So yeah, I don't know if it's going to be um, a series or a movie. It would be cool to have um, have a movie, you know, launch a movie series with him. But it could be a, either one. Could be a TV series. But I'm excited. Yeah, Nova's supposed to be pretty badass. He wears like a cool spacesuit. He's got like a red star on his forehead, kind of like on his helmet. Um, kind of looks like a space knight. He's pretty badass, I guess. So I do care about this, although we don't know too much about it yet. Okay. And so, what's the what's what would be the future plan for him? Like in terms of films, would it be Guardians? Would it be? I'm thinking a that's TV where they probably they could introduce him for sure in Guardians Three, which is coming up. I think that's where we'll see him first, and then we'll, you know, they'll either do a series with him or a, a set of movies. But yeah, I don't know. There's no casting yet. Like that'll be interesting. Um, don't know who it's going to be. There's not that many actors left <laughs> that haven't played a part. So true. We'll find out. Maybe like uh, Channing Tatum. I don't know who's left, but there's not that many dudes <laughs> left. They're the Rock. Scraping. It's the Rock's turn. There oh no, go. he's in DC. He's in DC. That's though. okay. You can definitely be in both. I mean, that's no problem. That's true. All right. Uh, then Morbius, a movie that I know James is really excited for. Doing <laughs> yeah. James, I'm sorry. How bad is it looking? Anything with Jared Leto, you know, we're we're all about, and we just can't. We line up. Um, this Jared is, Leto might be one of our things that we hate the most. Jared Leto gets a lot of hate. Um, massively overrated, dude. So yeah, he's uh, you know he's Morbius, and it sucks. Apparently, I mean, they did like the screeners for people. And it just got just trashed in the reviews from the screeners. And usually if you get a screener, you're supposed to sort of like say, find nice things to say about the movie. It sounds like they couldn't find anything nice to say. I think this is going to be like a massive stinker of a movie. Um, Just brace for like literally like a, like an 18 rotten tomatoes, no sequels, another dud from the Sony, you you know, this bad guy universe, anti-hero universe they're trying to do. So stupid. All of it sucks. No surprises the here, lines, but just how bad it might be is, is a little bit of a surprise. The lines in the trailer were, were cringier than Venom, and that's saying something. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't even cut a trailer together, so it shouldn't have surprised us. The, and Venom, the, the Venom trailer had like uh, the line of like, I'll bite your head off or whatever, and then you'll just be a, a like a turd floating in the wind. You know, or whatever that line was. So bad. And the lines in Morbius were way worse. Yeah. Like, in terms of cringe. Disgusting. Cringy. Cringy. I don't think there's a movie I want to see less than this one. I couldn't care less. I hate Jared Leto. And I hate movies about villains. 
where we're supposed to cheer for the villain. I'm just sick okay. of that. Morbius or Coda? Movie night, what do you pick? They're both free in this I mean, scenario. I would enjoy Morbius so much more, but I think I will watch Coda because I hate Jared Leto. There you go. Wow. Okay, finally, one thing we are really excited about, Moon Knight comes out this week um, on Wednesday. It's the big new Wednesday show. It's been too long since Disney Plus has had a show, unacceptably long since Disney Plus has had a show for us that we've been excited about. And I think this will be it. This looks to be one of their better ones. Um, It's obviously, oh gosh, what's the guy's name? Oscar Isaac. Oscar Oscar Isaac. Isaac. What an absolute stud to be taking over a show on Disney Plus. I think this is going to be one of the best shows of the year. I think my expectations are very high as well, especially among these MCU shows that I haven't all been fantastic. We've been honest about them. Um, I think this is instantly going to be right around Loki, maybe a little, you know, I really love Loki. So if it's just a step below that, I'm very happy. Uh, I can't wait. It's gotten great reviews. Um, I'm psyched on it. And Oscar Isaac, what a fucking star, dude. Bigger get for the situation pedro pascal for the mandalorian season one when they were like literally the first show of it or oscar isaac for this one for oscar isaac is a way bigger star than pedro i would say yeah i think isaac's a big actor yeah he's a a big big deal deal. i i think this is one of the biggest people like off the top of my head i think this is the biggest star that they've had on a disney plus show yeah yeah Bigger than um, Hiddleston, for sure. Yeah. Bigger than Anthony Mackie. Close. Close. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we're all excited about that. Can't wait. We'll break that one down for you guys next week. But it's time to do Tyler of Win- Tyler Winterfell. Tyler of Winterfell will have his review into us in the group chat by what time? Over, under at 8.15 a.m. Oh, on Wednesday. Under, under. I'll take the under. Okay. Yeah, under? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's working by then. He's got to have it. He's sitting down in his PC for his job, and now he's not working because he's texting us his reviews. So, well, and Rowan, Rowan's his, or sorry, his his son's up by you know probably six o'clock. So he's like, oh, yeah, the kid's up. I'll get him. Yeah, I'll, I'll get, get him. him. <laughs> I'm turn on the yeah, I got it. All right, guys, time for that time. Hot Rex, not Rex. This week, there's only one place to start, and that's Paramount Plus's Halo. And I want to start with the biggest disappointment of Halo, which was for sure the the song. Yeah, why? What's wrong? They have that absolute banger song, and we got this just... The Gregorian chant one? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it's got the... You know, like all that stuff. All kinds of good stuff. I know people are like, what the hell is this guy doing right now on this show? But those who know, know. And let me tell you, I tuned in. And I couldn't wait for the opening credits. I was like, oh my God, Halo, banger song. Here it comes. And then they gave us just this like ambiguous futuristic music that no one would ever remember. And I don't even know if it was a song or noises. What the fuck was that? Yeah, that's a, that's a miss. There was other misses in the show that I noticed, like the really bad CG um, <laughs> was tough. Like that's that's worse for me, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. The show was like a C for me, and I'm going to watch next week. I might not watch after that if it doesn't get any better, but it was fine. I don't know. Do you think it was worse or better than you expected it to be? I think it was exactly what I expected. 
then you had the right expectations and that's how you live life. But I, I had somehow higher expectations than I should have, I think. I, <laughs> Which is weird because I don't know why you would have higher expectations. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my plan is that I'm going to watch this entire season and I know it's probably going to be bad. Yeah. I'll but probably I, watch the whole thing too. I did think some of it was really fun. Um, my issue was just exactly what I knew the issue was going to be was that the, the covenant is that what they're called the covenant. Yeah. That they were going to look stupid and they did. They look terrible. Yeah. And how it's like really fucking difficult to make video games into television and movies as adaptations that like we've proven that that is just a bad idea and a bad investment. Why do we think that the last of us is going to be good then? We should really reset our expectations for Pedro. Because Pedro Pascal. Right. It's a bigger star than Oscar Isaac. All those things, but come on, when do they got these right? So Um, no, you're right, dude. I think, I think that's an excellent point that the expectations, regardless of how we revere that game Mm -hmm. and Pedro Pascal and anyone else that's involved, uh, it might suck. It might suck. Um, yeah, so anyways, we'll keep watching, but it's not like, hey, go watch it right now. I just kept um, thinking that it was like twenty like twenty twenties Power Rangers quality. Oof, if yeah. that makes sense, like you can kind of get think of where I'm going with it. Like there's enough money to do CG that was probably expensive, but there's not enough money to do CG that competes with the people who are actually doing it well. Right. Oof. And like yeah. that's kind of where I uh, like that's what I was saying. Like I hope that the fight scenes are kind of like and here we go into battle. It's going to be so stressful. We're pinned down behind this rock. You can't see what's happening. Oh my god, it's over. Look at the guts of these dead things that we killed. That was kind of yeah. like because then I wouldn't have to like be. Instead, it you had like Covenant running everywhere and tipping over trucks and like yeah, they really flexed it and it just didn't really look good. Yeah. Man, I was on the fence for watching this show. I don't think I'm going to watch it until I hear otherwise. Yeah, that's probably safe. Hey, but you know what Paramount did drop this week, you guys, that I don't even have on the list? Jackass. Jackass is all oh, on Paramount. Oh, shit. The new I can't Jackass Forever. And I absolutely loved it. I love this movie. is a 10 out of 10 for me. I thought it was so fun. I laughed my ass off. I care about these men for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that they're, like, happy and doing well just makes me so happy. Me too. Um, I didn't know I was going to care that much. And they got a second. They got a second generation <laughs> coming in behind they do, them. with like not nearly the charisma as as the old guys. It's crazy, but you know, maybe I thought that I cared so much about every one of them, and I I thought it was so masterfully done with how they took the old stunts all throughout all their history and they recreated them in a new way, or they paid homage to all of their old stunts, and yep. I thought that they showcased success stories, especially Steve-O's, who, if I would have had a death pool 10 years ago, I probably would have taken Steve-O in the first round. And of Easily. Now he would like, have been the number one. He would have been the number one overall pick. Now he's, Easily. like, handsome and thriving and healthy. And, I mean, it, it was so good. And, like, they they nailed it so perfectly with the nostalgia. And I have to say that I was, you know, all of us, definitely – but I really found myself feeling like I was the target audience for this because I'm 33 years old. I was 13 years old when this came out. All we did when I was 13 years old was tried to find a camera that we could record ourselves doing jackass stunts. That's all we wanted. The shopping carts, everything blowing shit up. 
We'd be Fantastic. like, oh, they're building houses? Great. Let's take a scooter there and jump off the second floor into a dirt pile. You know, like that's all we wanted to do because we thought Jackass was the coolest thing ever. And so I just found myself smiling. I loved it. It was the perfect level of like um, intense and gross and and uh, too much without yeah. it making a good mix of like really light and funny, and then like very concerned for safety. Yeah. Not, you know, there is that, and you want that. You want both. You want to like be on the edge of your seat a little bit. Yeah, I the I, the only thing I will say I agree with everything you guys just said to to a T. I was smiling. I was laughing. I've uh, I did. I was confused by Johnny Knoxville's hair color because you could tell it changed where they often, like, yeah. yeah, like where, where they were at in filming. Um, the only thing I was a little bit sad and maybe a little bit, I don't want to say put off, but just, um, kind of confused that like, why, why was I laughing at a 50 year old man being injured? Um, like intentionally injuring himself, you know, um, it was funny when like Preston was a young guy. Uh, but then like when you see like Wee Man being like, can I be done now? Was like, uh, he was clearly over it. And I, I, I felt a little bit of sadness of like, is this all they have? You know, I, I mean, I know they probably all have their own podcasts and they're, they're maybe doing their own thing. But like if, if this is one last pay grab and they hate it, <laughs> um, that, that made me feel a little bit sad. I also liked how nobody trusts anybody on the set of this stuff. And they're like, Oh, it's a door. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's convenient that there's a door there and it's open. Like on some of this stuff, like and they're I, like, I no, you're done. Like you that... can go through the door and be done. He's like, I live here now. Nope. I'm staying here forever. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't trust anybody. And I, I, I found that kind of charming too. Um, but I think overall, I think it's not a 10 out of 10 for me, but like a solid 9.3 out of 10. Fantastic. And just the easiest wash ever. Right. Like it's not that bad. I loved it. I just, I, I felt so happy and so connected to this. I thought it was such a good send off for these guys. And I did just check to see if they did need money. That's why they're doing this. Um, a couple names of guys and their net worth. Johnny Knoxville supposedly worth 75 million. Danger. Yeah. I'm not worried about Johnny E-Man, Knoxville. I think he's E-Man, 8 million. Danger. Aaron, 4 million. Steve-O only 2.5 million must've made some really bad choices. Um, but and I mean, he's just going come up. He earned that in the last year, probably. They have, they have made some, um, good money that they'll be able to never do anything again. And the other thing is, is that I did listen to a podcast or a part of Steve O's podcast where he had Preston on and they were talking about how the first two seasons of Jackass, they made no money and that they were told they were going to make $300, $350 a stunt. But then MTV and the producers changed it to, three stunts for $350. They went through like the whole season and they made like $10,000, you know, and they just uh-huh. like eat the absolute hell out of themselves. And then that was a pre-tax. They made like $10,000. And then um, Preston made like nothing even in season two. And Steve-O was a big star. And his big raise was that he made $2,000 guaranteed an episode, which for how popular that was is no money. That he was making. So, dude, MTV was ripping them off. Yes, they were making just nothing in these first seasons. And so, I think the fact that they've been able to make now four of these movies has been great. So, everyone should check it out. Also, really sad that, like, Eric was like, I was 13 years old. 
we all we wanted was a video camera and i'm like yeah dude college campus like in my head like college campuses like everyone was tuned into mtv on thursday night at seven o'clock to watch the new jackass (laughs) okay i was Um, somewhere in the middle there yeah so the other thing is is that i was a little bummed out that obviously there's no ryan dunn which sucks and that was a tragic loss and then no bam made me feel sad and i know he did that to himself but he's obviously not healthy. He's now, unfortunately, leading the death pool. He is, we yeah. don't do stuff like that on this podcast, but if we did, um, he'd be a high draft pick. So, yeah, yeah he's in trouble. All right, uh, next up, Jim, you watched Amazon's Lizzo's Big Girls. Well, I did. I tried to watch it with my wife. Um, you know, it's like a reality show where she's trying to cast new big girl dancers for her, her backup, whatever. Um, you know, it... This isn't my scene. Maybe if you're like really into like reality show dance competitions, you may want to give this a try. I was just trying to support Lizzo, who, you know, kind of blew up here in Minneapolis. Um, you ask her now and she says, oh, Minneapolis is great, but she only talks about like Texas or whatever and Hollywood. So she's not like really championing Minneapolis anymore. Um, but we still support. And it was OK. It's not a great show. It's pretty bad. Um, but, you know, also just not for me. So who knows? Weird, you're not the demographic for that? I like I like all types of girls, too. Big girls, small girls, but I couldn't get into the show. Uh, it seemed pretty boring and kind of poorly done. And, you know, just, yeah, one, one for me. Okay, guys, I... Well, that's because they they probably, they weren't following the Jeff Bezos formula for success on a TV show. Yeah, exactly. He probably had notes they didn't follow, I'm sure. I, reality Eric, that's who I am right now, and I'm back, okay? I've been gone for too long, and I haven't given the people what they want, and that is trash reality TV reviews. And so this week, I watched season two of Love is Blind. Okay. Do you guys know the premise of Love is Blind? Well, let's, I do. let's also reset the fact that you were the trendsetter for Love is Blind in all of Minneapolis as the one guy. Like This was kind of like right when the pandemic started, I think, and we were all kind of sent home initially. You were beating the Love is Blind drum harder than anyone (laughs) that I knew. (laughs) Love is Blind is this entire show where a bunch of absolutely insane losers get put into a house, but they never get to meet each other. The guys and the girls are separated into two different wings of the house. And the only way that they can communicate with each other is in these pods where they sit in a room with with like foggy glass in between them. And they can't see each other, but they can talk about everything except for their... Um, their looks, right? And they have to sit and talk and ask each other questions. And then the idea is that people fall in love. I think it starts with 12 guys and 12 girls. And they talk for like 10 days. And then hopefully at the end of the 10 days, you find the person that you want to propose to. Okay? So you propose to someone, sight unseen. You've just talked to them for hours upon hours. And then you have to have this awkward reveal where they like plan to like each other and they both come out these doors dressed up and then they like walk to each other across this room and then like hug and kiss. And it's real awkward. Oh, it's gold. It's big time, big, big golden moment of reality though. I mean, it's good. They also then get shipped off with all the other people from the show to Cancun to an all inclusive where they hang out and drink and fight with each other and realize that they're a terrible match. And this is absolutely insane. And then the best part is, is they realize that people that they also liked in the pod might be more attractive to them. So then they're kind of like trying to talk to that person too, 
which is where a lot of the great drama happens. Then they have to move in with each other for three weeks. All these people are from Chicago. So they all move to Chicago and they have to move into an apartment together for three weeks. In those three weeks, they just fight with each other and then they have to meet each other's families, which is super awkward. Yeah. Wait, they, they all move into the same apartment, like the real world, or they all, like the couples move into the their own I'm pretty apartments. sure that they all move into their own apartments in the same building. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. And gotcha. so they have to meet each other's parents and then they have to like go see each other's places and then they just bicker and fight. And then at the end of it, after four weeks of like being together, they have to have a wedding and they have like bachelor and bachelorette parties and then they have weddings individually. And then at the altar, each of them has to decide if they want to get married or not. Oh my God. So have they, have they all proposed at this time? Like, like we're going to pretend we're going to get married just to ride out the whole like situation. Or are there some couples that are like, this is just, so I think there's 24 people. And twelve of them got got engaged, and twelve of them broke okay. up. And then, Crazy. and then, like one of them instantly broke up, like before they could even get back from Cancun. So it was down to like ten of them. So five couples was what. Dude, I feel like okay. this could be a good setup for Only Murders in the Building season three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, guys, this show is absolutely terrible. It's addicting in all of the worst ways. <laughs> And it's just an absolute piece of garbage watching completely crazy people try to convince their family and friends that this is a great idea and that they have never loved someone more. It's like watching a car crash in slow motion and I can't look away. But wasn't the, uh, wasn't the highlight of season one, like the after, like the after party, whatever you want to call it, where like everyone was back on the couches talking about like their experience and stuff like that. And the couples that made it and did. Yeah. That stuff is they, they'll do some kind of special I'm sure at some point. And that's like must watch television. So I don't know if you guys like crappy reality TV, like I'm sure half of the people listening right now do then check it out. If you don't, then I'm sorry that we just wasted four minutes of your time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Next up windfall on Netflix. Yeah, I'll do this one quick. It was really good. It's definitely a wreck. It's an indie movie, okay? So it's um, Jesse Plemons, who's very hot right now. Meth Damon, you may know him as. Meth Damon is a great nickname. Um, And then Jason Segel, who still works. He's like the big, tall dude from, uh, what was the, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Marshall. Um, He's fantastic. It's got like a little premise of, you know, Jesse Plemons is this tech billionaire. Uh, He's on this vacation. He's at a vacation house with his wife. And Jason Siegel is kind of like this bumbling idiot that tries to come and rob them. It's an indie movie. It's pretty slow pace, but has a great ending. So if you watch this, stick with it. Um, and it's definitely, it's one of those movies where they, it's probably, it could have been even written for as a play, not a screenplay, because it's got like three characters, one setting. Um, so I don't always love those, but this one worked so well. And I loved all the actors and the ending was fantastic. So I would say stick with this, even if the pacing's a little bit slow. Uh, but yeah, Windfall on Netflix is definitely a wreck. It's like a like a ninety two for me. So really good stuff. What's the runtime on it, roughly? Oh, it's got to be a tight ninety. It's it's not super long. Okay, awesome. Yeah. By the way, Jason Siegel popped up in another show. I don't think we mentioned uh, Winning Time. Oh yeah, I've been loving Winning Time. Hell yeah. Well, did uh, either of you watch Out for Blood on Netflix? That was me. That was me. 
I watched Alpha Blood. Okay, so there's a this is like a two prong thing. Number one, Jimbo's been watching the show on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Is it Hulu about Elizabeth Holmes and the therapy? Oh, like, yeah, and the dropout with Amanda Seyfried. Loving, yeah, the drop loving it. Absolutely loving it. But I had already yeah. watched a different documentary about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Um, and that kind of got me excited for this. And it does help to know the backstory. So I'm enjoying that, but you're getting there. That's And that's where I was at is I, I wanted some context because, you know, the way you kind of described the show and it's like really, really well reviewed. I wanted some info. I, again, I was on the periphery of knowing about, you know, what had happened with Elizabeth Holmes. Didn't know a lot of the detail. So I wanted to watch this, you know, documentary out for blood um, to give some of that info. Holy shit. Like not only is, I mean, it was like the Ponzi scheme of, you know, medical diagnostics Mm -hmm. essentially um, with just lies upon lies. And it was like, uh, you know, you go so far with the lie and then you're so embedded with it that you can't stop. Yeah. You know, you like have to keep going. It's, it's too late. Uh, you know, especially because like you had like a thousand employees yeah. that were, you know, making monthly salaries and shit that like depended on the money um, to continue living. So uh, everything is bizarre. And so anyway, I watched Out for Blood, which is really good, um, really entertaining, really messed up. Like the whole thing is weird. She's in huge trouble. Um, and now I can finally switch over to the Hulu show. Good. I the, hope you enjoy it. Let me know what Can't you're wait. thinking on that. Yeah. I think it's really well done. All right. Well, did you think that the Adam project on Netflix was really well done? No, it's really bad. I think I'm over Ryan Reynolds, dude. His charms are not working on me anymore, dude. He's like, yeah, I talk really fast and I'm really funny and I'm kind of sassy. I'm a sassy fuck, dude. I'm kind of over him, dude. Like, I don't even think I'm going to like Deadpool three now. I don't know. I'm only into his, his uh, soccer ownership. Yeah, that's cool. That's That's a cool side project so the dude the adam project was worse than i thought it was gonna be um it's you know it's a d it's just not worth watching oh oof. really generic time travel stuff uh no good sorry and, and jennifer garner what a dud she has no charisma i can't handle her so she doesn't help she's either. as she's as wet blanket as they come and Zoe Saldana, who for, I'm like, okay, Zoe actor. Saldana only makes blockbuster giant movies, right? And she's in this. Dude, she's in it for like seven scenes. She mailed this thing in. Um, this is a bad movie. All right. What about Atlanta? It's back, finally. Yeah. They dropped two. I only watched the first one. I, I really liked it. Just weird, well done, social commentary stuff like you'd expect. This show is like if Uncut Gems was diced up into 23-minute episodes Yeah, for me. Like, it stresses me out. Too much? To the nth degree. Like, no, I mean, I I get it. Like, it's a, it's a good show, and it's well done. And I think, I don't think anybody would argue Uncut Gems isn't well done because it's accomplishing exactly what it wants to. Right. And I think it's a reality check for me, you know, um, just as a, like where I, where I'm at in the world and where I live and, and my privilege to some extent. Um, but like the show gives like even the first episode, man, I was just like, geez, mm-hmm. like this is very difficult to watch as, you know, someone with kids and, uh, you know, know a lot of friends that have kids and, and to see them be treated that way is, is tough. Um, but this show is, it's like a 95. Yeah just across the board. Like the fact that they can evoke that type of emotional response 
just shows how well written, acted, directed, you know, the whole gambit that this show is. And if it's going to continue to get better like this, it's, it's up there for like Dave, you know, with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Eric, did you watch any of it yet? No, I haven't started it. We'll watch it. Yep. Now we're in a hurry to watch Atlanta for some reason, but have watched all of the stuff that's out so far. So yeah, you'll get it. We'll get there. All right, guys, it's time for your new favorite segment. Eric eviscerates the classics. This is where you guys forced me to watch an old movie that everyone in the world has watched, but surprisingly, I haven't. Last week, I embarrassed myself because I told everybody that I thought that Shawshank Redemption was Schindler's List and was about the Holocaust. So I had no idea what this movie was about. I couldn't have told you anything about it. I couldn't have told you who was in it. I knew it came out in like the 90s, and that's probably the only thing that I knew about it. So I've watched this. Um, I got home from a concert with my brother and I was like, I have to get this in. I have to watch it for the podcast. I saved it until too late in the week. It's two and a half hours. I stayed up till 3.30 in the morning watching Shawshank Redemption. So I'm so nervous had, what you're going to say next. You guys have had some hits and you guys have had some misses, okay? And you know okay. how I feel about old movies. And so I don't think it should be too much of a surprise to you guys that Shawshank Redemption, Shawshank Redemption was an absolute masterpiece Woo! Yeah. wow yeah masterpiece this no way this movie is an all-timer okay this is what? a movie i so love happy. every single second of this movie i don't even know who tim robbins is but i'm now a tim robbins fan oh he's brilliant uh any movie that was narrated by uh morgan freeman Uh, is great. Morgan Freeman is also fantastic in this. The cast of this movie was great. The warden and his guards were so incredibly evil. And I never really knew where this movie was going, to be honest with you. I didn't really know where we were headed in this movie. I kind of thought it was like a prison break movie. And I I kind of was like waiting for it to become like like an ocean's escape at some point. And that never really materialized. And it was so much deeper than that. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought that the relationship between all the guys was so good. I thought that the story was so perfect. I felt like Andy uh, was just a perfect character. And I loved every second of it. I found myself on the edge of my seat until the very end. And at 2.30 in the morning, there was an hour left. And I thought, I should just go to bed. I'll finish this tomorrow. But it was so good that I couldn't turn it off. I said, fuck it. I'm just going to stay up until this thing is over. Um, I did realize that like some of the big scenes, especially with his escape, mm-hmm. were things that I had re- I recognized. Yeah, um, like the poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lifting the poster in the big hole in the walls are iconic. Yeah, They've... Crawling through the tunnel, getting out in the rain and like looking up in the rain with his arms up and stuff. Yeah, you'd, you'd, see, you'd seen <laughs> yeah. that like a million times. Probably. Yeah, so yeah. I, I had some familiar familiarity with some of the things from the movie but i did not know the story at all and i didn't know anything about it and so um it was great and i found myself really cheering on um some of these characters um at the end of the movie and hoping that they would would uh, meet back up with each other um i thought it was wonderful i would give it a 94 i think sweet. I'm- wow sweet i loved it i i really did i can't believe i hadn't seen this movie and when i looked it up um quite like things about it Shawshank Redemption and people's questions are like, is Shawshank Redemption the greatest movie of all time? You know, like the things that pop up. So yeah. I'm definitely not yeah. alone. This was an absolute classic, timeless Love classic. It. Wow. That makes me so happy. I'm always so nervous because these are things that 
I love love, you know, and I'm like, Eric may eviscerate something I love. And you, and when you do, you always have really good points as to why. And then I'm like, oh shit, maybe the movie isn't that good. <laughs> so well, this, uh, I'm very this pleased. Is, this might be the most, this might be the most classic in terms of uh, time that it was made that we've had him eviscerate. Mm-hmm. And in this case, not eviscerate. Like this might be the oldest movie we've had him watch yeah. in terms of classic. Yeah. yeah. Well, oldest that makes movie, me very happy. I thought this thing was near perfection. If it didn't win best picture um, or as it should be best movie in 1994, <laughs> I don't know what the hell bit because. Yeah, well, I think it probably did. I don't, I don't know. I guess we could look that up, but yeah, that's, it's based off a of Stephen King short story and Frank Darabond directed it. And Frank Darabond did the first episode of walking dead and started that um and he has his own hits to to look back on so okay i mean this is funny though like last week i said that i thought it was schindler's list i thought they were the same thing um the best picture in 1994 was schindler's and it beat shock <laughs> yeah ah yeah. funny so yeah there you go that's um, why you can say to them makes sense i guess same year um all right guys it's time to move on to our final segment of the day I don't even know if I've heard this song before, to be honest with you. So we're doing our Oceans rewatch, and this week we're watching Oceans 12. So how could they possibly follow up an absolute masterpiece in Oceans 11? Well, they couldn't. <laughs> it turns out they can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they couldn't. I, I It had didn't have the charm, didn't have the dialogue, didn't have the plot, um, didn't have the stakes. I, the whole premise of them, like, getting essentially caught by Andy Garcia or Benedict sucked, hated that, hated, hated that they weren't happy after their three years after their heist. Um, and then they just had to go do a bunch of work just to like go back to scratch. Zero sucked. Uh-huh. The stakes were bad. Um, first act was like outright really bad. Second act got more interesting. Third act was fine. Like the ending was not this great twisty thing like the first one. Um yeah. Does they, it get they, worse after this? I think that everything that they did in this movie was a mistake. Okay. okay. I, I thought that from where the story started to the fact that they all got caught to the fact that they um, they had to come up with this new plan and there were these other burglars who wanted to prove mm-hmm. they were the best. Prove they were the best? Can I... Can I say that I think one of the worst moments in cinema history was when the writers and the director, Steven Soderbergh, who did the first one, all agreed that they were going to have Julia Roberts, who's playing Tess, pretend to be Julia Roberts. The movie star. In a film. I think that was was one of the worst scenes in all of movies. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In all of cinema, uh-huh. I think that was the worst decision. All that ever. stuff where they brought like Bruce Willis in playing himself, where he's like in a room with oh her. Oh my god! And they're all fast so talking, cringy. and they, you think it's going to be some entertaining thing. I was like, can I just fast forward through this? So brutal. Yeah. Um, I just I'm trying to think so of like the good moments. I loved Catherine Zeta. I thought she was good. Um, I, I don't know what to say. She was like the detective that was in a relationship with Rust. Oh, I liked her. She was one of the only parts of the movie that was good. Yeah, I thought she did a good job. Um, 
I don't Everything know. Everything about the first movie that we liked wasn't in this movie. The reason that everyone liked the first movie was because it was a robbery where you got to watch them prepare and plan and troubleshoot all of the steps. But this right. one, you didn't get to see any of that. The robbery happened off screen. Yeah. You thought that they had failed. And then you realized that, oh, that was actually their plan. And then they tried to kind of go back and show you. But it was like they had run out of time. Yeah, the stakes, we were checked out by then. By the time that they explained it to me, they were like, actually, we have the egg. Ha ha ha. And he was like, how could you? And then it was like, they kind of showed us like a fast forwarded version. We just did a swap on a train. It was And the only reason they got, they even knew that it was on the train was because the guy that was sort of like doing this competition told them and tipped them off. To, To lure. Yeah. So, yeah, this was really bad. I... Looking at my Rotten Tomato score, I gave it. Honestly, I want to lower it, but I'm curious on your guys's. I'm going to go with a 28. I thought this movie was horseshit. It was a mail-in job. It was a mail-in job by a bunch of people collecting a paycheck from the writer, director, producer, actors. Everything (laughs) about this movie stunk. It felt like they were stealing our money. That was the true heist. Yeah, I think <laughs> the true heist I think... was the money they stole from the, <laughs> the American people. At the end, that should have been the post-credit scene. Is like Steven Soderbergh was... rolling in money, like laughing. <laughs> Just people sadly walking out of the movie theater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I thought this movie was absolute hot garbage, and like I know that the third one is better, but like <laughs> I am rattled. Is it? I'm rattled. It's not. Third one has a better better Rotten Tomato score. for. Okay. But I don't know that it's better, per se. It's got Al Pacino in it, who's mailing it in. again. That's all he does at his age. Um, I'm with Eric. Like, the the Tess, uh, the Julia Roberts playing Tess, (laughs) pretending to be Julia Roberts, immediately knocks it down to a 50. Oh, just from that? For me. And then, like, everything else beyond that is so bad. Like, they... They took George Clooney and Brad Pitt and did the like they did the reverse thing where like Brad Pitt's like, Do you think we need one more? I think we need one more. But like George Clooney didn't talk. Like so they, they reversed roles yeah. in it and it was they were like nothing was original. It was all stupid. Um I thought the Tallur scene with the with the lasers uh when when I was younger, I thought that was like really cool. And then when I watched it again, I was like, wow, that's really stupid. Yeah. There'd be no way, there'd be no way he knows how to do that. Yeah. And it's preposterous. That's even sillier watching it now. Uh, I'm with Eric. My Rotten Tomato score is like 30. Dude, I had a 75. I, like I don't know. I'm like afraid to give movies bad, bad scores. But yeah, it's, it's, it's low. It's no good. It's not a wreck. 75? I don't know. That's what, what I was put good down. I, maybe I was feeling like in a, you know, in a good mood or something, but. Yeah, it's it's not good. I hope the next one's better. Ocean's Thirteen, baby, buckle up this week. Let's go. All right, guys. I don't even know if I want to watch it. We have to. We've committed. I know. I know. All right. So uh, yeah, that's it. Ocean's Thirteen this week. I can't wait to watch it. I'm actually excited. I think it will be better. <laughs> I'm not gonna let us ruin it for everyone. Watch Ocean's Thirteen with us, um, yes. and then check out our sportscast. Our sportscast is going to be great this week. Minnesota sports and national sports are just crazy right now. We have NCAA tournament drama 
We're going to talk about Paige and her return to Minneapolis in the Final Four. We'll talk about the Gophers hockey team, Sky Yuma. We'll talk about the Red Hot Wild. We'll talk about Vikings moves, Twins moves, Timberwolves. Are they good? Are they not? We don't even know right now. Things are crazy in the world of sports, and we haven't even started. We'll talk about Coach K versus North Carolina in a Loser Leaves Town match as well. So tune into that episode. It's going to be amazing. Until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordic Podcast.